0: Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a victorious Monday here on Believe in Saints. He is Terrence Copper. I am David Grubb. And welcome, TC Saints. Snap the two game losing streak. They come out and get. It wasn't perfect. You ain't go, this ain't the one you sent home to mom and put in the scrapbook. But a win is a win in the NFL, and the Saints got a very important win on Sunday.
1: Oh, yeah, they did. Uh, and it was almost like a a heavyweight boxing match because we made plays, the Rams made plays. We got stops, the Rams got stops, you know, but we kept fighting. Uh, one thing that we did, and even though it wasn't a perfect game, but we could honestly play that way every week. And the, the two categories that I like is the fact we only had two penalties, and one was late yards.
0: late in the game.
1: Yes, yes, with 15 yards total, and we had zero turnovers. When you play that type of that type of football, and the way we played with the play action game, we made plays. A receiver Olave was was amazing. You know, so when you play like that and you don't beat yourself, we could really play like that every weekend. And we could be a lot better than what we are. Uh, so I can't complain too much about what happened. I mean, of course, it wasn't a perfect game, but we got the victory. That's all that matters.
0: Well, let's let's talk about because some of the things that we talked about last week that we wanted to see did happen. Number one, um, we wanted to see more touches for Taysom Hill. Yes. Taysom was a much bigger part of the game plan this week. What, what I find funny is like the commentators reacting like there was some type of inspired genius to do this, but this is what they should have been doing all season long. I mean, he got nine carries, he led the team in Russia with 52 yards, got some big runs at times, you know, 52 on nine is a, anybody will give up for that average. He yeah. threw it three times, you know, but the, so at least you gave him the option that you made him a viable threat to Throw the ball when you put the ball in his hands in those situations, he caught one pass. Um, so all in all, for Taysom to get 13 plays where he was in control of where the ball was going and what was going to happen with it, that's a, that's almost double from a week ago. And and then for a team that did not rush the ball particularly well, Saints finished with 88 yards, Taysom's
1: 52 meant a lot, mm-hmm. it did. And then you throw in not just Taysom Hill, they I think they put the three best players at the top with Olave, which Mm -hmm. he's been getting his all year anyway. Uh, And then, like you said, giving the ball to Taysom Hill more. And then even with Alvin, uh, the fact that he was getting the ball out of the backfield. Which we talked about too. Yep. Throwing little quick screens out there to him. Throwing them passes from out of the slot. So it was a lot of different things that we did with those three guys that allowed us to play the way we played offensively. But – like we talking about, we can do that every week. Every week, that wasn't anything that you know. that felt like we just schemed. Of course, we schemed them, but it wasn't anything with a bunch of trick plays that uh, it might not work next week. But these the things could happen every week.
0: The one trick play that they did try, the flea flicker, didn't work. Um, yeah. Ended up with a sack on that one, and then you know, and again, Andy missed a couple throws. There was the one he had a, a wheel route to Camara. And Kamara was wide open and Andy took a sack on it. Um, but and I mean, again, there are things to fix. The offensive line wasn't great. It gave up four sacks, but you had a lot of backups. So did the Rams. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, use injuries because we're at the stage of the season at uh, week 11, everybody's missing somebody important. And the Rams were certainly right. missing. We don't, we're not going to lie and say that the Rams, I mean, they had the backup to the backup playing left tackle. So, you know, like they had their issues, too. Um, you know, they had people missing in, on the defensive side of the ball. Of course, you're missing your top two receivers out there. You, you lose Matthew Stafford in the third quarter. So things could have been different because the Rams were making big chunk plays, too. They had four more plays of 20-plus yards and a big 62-yard touchdown. So they And they had some running, big running plays, which was a surprise. We didn't think the Rams would – they ran it really well. Um, over 150 yards rushing for them on the game. So the Saints still have things to work on. But like you said, for the first time in about a month since the Raiders game, they didn't beat themselves. And it's one thing, they got outgained, they didn't work great on third down, um, but they got off the field when they needed to defensively, and they didn't make penalties, and they didn't turn the ball over. And if you can do those things, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, it wasn't about – running the ball 40 times, but you stuck with the run enough that the play action made sense. You still didn't get your plays. The Saints ended up with 52 plays, not a lot again, but they turned those plays into points at the very least. You got points and you were able to make some big plays. And like you said, with Chris Olave now, I think still leading the NFL in air yards per catch, a total air yards. I mean, you know, if you give that man any time, and if when he gets his compliments back, you saw how important it was. Having Jarvis Landry back again and him making mm-hmm. some key catches, even though it weren't big yards, his catches were important catches um, in the game. And I just think that, you know, Olave, you know better than I. The ceiling, the sky seems like the limit for that young man.
1: Definitely. And like I said, when you have uh, uh, Landry back, I think the role that he's in, the, the catches he was making, I think that is his career now. I think in the stage he's at in his career, he's not that explosive receiver that we used to have, but he's a great possession receiver uh, that's coming in the building. That's going to uh Olave, you know, so Landry, I think the way he's playing now, uh, the way he's played this, this game just fast. I think that is more of the role that he's fitting into now uh, because he's not, he's not in his prime anymore. You know, he's still a good receiver, but I think he's more of a possession receiver and you need those type of receiver. You need those guys that can go across the middle, make those tough catches in the end zone, even the tight end. You know, I think we did a great job with scheming how we had our tight end schemed up. Juwan, I think we had, had some had big plays. Some big plays, even in the end zone. Even the, the big catch in the end zone with uh what's the db name? Uh the best DB there. Oh, Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Ramsey, even with Ramsey on the on his back, you know, but he's still a bigger body that you can post him up and put him on your back and still make that big time catch. You know, so
0: and you saw his agility too, that, that being a former receiver he made mm-hmm. plays on the on the barrier and was able to you know turn up field on that one where they missed the tackle on him and he turns it into a bigger game because he has the that that agility that most tight ends don't have
1: yeah you know so i, I think we're gonna be fine man we just but now what i want to see now let's follow it up let's put together another game like that or let's put together another win let's try to get another win and see how we because we got to start stringing some wins together even when you look at the division, uh, our division opponents, uh, you have uh, the Buccaneers is at the top. Then you got Atlanta. That yeah, we're one game behind Atlanta, but if we if it's a tie, if we win that tiebreaker if we beat them again. You know, so we're really chasing the Bucks. I think the Bucks had a bye week, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Bucks off this we, week. Yeah, the Bucks off this week. But we're we're two games behind the Bucks, and we got to play them again. Yeah. You know, so. We still control our own destiny, but we got to win. We got to string together some wins, especially the fact that we got to play our division opponents again.
0: Yeah, and the Saints have not won back-to-back games all season. It's been win, three-game losing streak, win, back-to-back losses, win, back-to-back losses. and Now you get the win, and like you said, you need to follow it up. Um, before we move on to following that up, because, you know, you have San Francisco coming next – be at San Francisco next Sunday – Niners playing tonight on Monday night football. So they get a short week and they're playing a division game, which means that they're going to sell out, you know, as a team, you got to get a division win on the road. If you're San Francisco, you're trying to stay alive and eliminate the Rams. Now that the Rams lose yesterday, you got a chance to start putting nails in that coffin. If you're San Francisco and you need to do that, you need to, cause you got to catch Seattle. Everybody's trying to catch Seattle over there, but you got to end this thing with these Rams now before they do get healthy and maybe string some games together. So San Francisco is going to be going all out tonight. Arizona is going to be going all out tonight to win that game. And I think that certainly will impact their freshness and their viability for Sunday. You you, you know, that's just the way the NFL is. Guys are not going to be as ready to go. So hopefully the Saints can capitalize on that. But going back to it, the things that necessarily defensively that you could do well against the Rams are not going to be the things that you get away with against San Francisco, two very different styles of defense, I would say. But offensively, for Andy, it's very simple. As long as Andy Dalton is a starter, he has to make high uh, completion percentage passes. And if you can get him those play actions, like you said, you've got to utilize some type of ability to, to stretch the defense and put the top back so that you can run the ball somewhat effectively. Because I think you're going to have to get more than Taysom against San Francisco because they are so physical at the point of attack.
1: Uh, they definitely are. And, and we have to score offensively. Like, it can't be to the point to where we go quarters without scoring because San Francisco offense is explosive, especially when you got two, you got two of the top three utility guys in the NFL. When I say the top three, one of them being Taysom Hill, that's what the Saints, but they have the other two, which Debo Samuel, Debo Samuels. and then you have Christian. I mean Christian McCaffrey, and then you got George
0: work. Kittle on top of that, who yes. might be the most the best blocking receiving combo tight end in the NFL.
1: Yes, so that team is going to give our defense some problems. Uh, I don't care; we can scheme the best defensive schemes we want to scheme. Uh, I think we will have. Our defense team ready for this team, but you're not going to hold this team without scoring. I just don't see it because they're so explosive offensively, and the fact they get they got new weapons that came in, you know. So we got to score offensively. But the game plan that we had this week is a great game plan. Of course, you got to tweak some things and change some things up. But the way we play action and the way we use Taysom, the way we use uh, Kamara, let I mean, and Olave. You know, I feel like we can do that every single week, but we got to execute. We cannot have a bunch of penalties. We can't beat ourselves, and we cannot turn the ball over. I think if we do those things, we can beat this team, no matter how good San Francisco is, because we still have the talent to beat these teams. It's not like we don't have the talent.
0: Right, and, you, and I, th- I think the main thing, too, is you were able to pull this off without Cam Jordan, who, who probably – is, is going to be questionable throughout this week as well because it's eye injury. Um, and that's always difficult to putting out people with their vision compromised think he broke the, the orbital bone around his eye. Um, so, you know, that that's tough. I've had friends who've done that. And that's just, that's tough to recover from quickly. Um, that's a lot of pressure, but you know, I, th- I thought secondary overall, you know, they had a couple of miscommunications, um, there, um, but I thought overall they played pretty well. Um, I think I think Tyron has played better over the past couple weeks. Um, still not at Pro Bowl level, but you could see it's coming together for him. I think he's tackled better as the season has gone on. Uh, so there, there has been some improvement by the defense, but they've got to be physical because the, the one thing the 49ers are going to try to do, you know they love to run the football. And, and so we saw the Rams – get physical and Cam makers get some big runs and, and they, even backups able to get five, 10 yards at a pop. I think that's again, going to be the key is how can the saints back up offensive line and how do they respond? If Andrews Pete isn't good to go again, if Eric McCoy isn't good to go again and then defensive line, Carl Granderson, can you have two good games in a row? Can, you know, you lost Peyton Turner, it looks like, again with injury. So the defensive line is still going to be undermanned, most likely. How are they going to generate? Caden Ellis, I thought, stepped up yesterday and played really well in in that role. So the backups, it's going to be on them again to come through. And you know, it's always harder for second and third string guys to perform when they go on the road.
1: Yeah. My question is, and it's kind of the elephant in the room. Do you think that Winston will have another opportunity to play the quarterback position in New Orleans without an injury to Dalton? What do you think about that? Because me, me just reading certain things. It feels like he's not. I don't think he is. The only way, maybe,
0: and this is you don't wish this on the team, is if they come out and they because you got San Francisco, then you're at Tampa. And then you're at home for Atlanta. If they go one and two or oh and three during that stretch, the season's over.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Cause you can't win the division. Then. It's over, right. you know? Right. So I think if that's the case, if the season is effectively over, then what are you doing starting Danny Andy at that point? Because at least then again, the thing for me, business wise is always Jameis is still somewhat of an asset. He is a young quarterback. In the NFL, with a lot of arm talent, mm-hmm. and we know that reclamation project people Geno Smith, who does not have the arm talent that Jameis Winston has, mm-hmm. it took him a while to find his spot, but you see now that man is in MVP conversations. He is, and I believe I guarantee with the with the you look around this league right now, and there are a lot of teams that are looking for a quarterback. A lot of teams that look, Taylor Heineke in, in Washington, that's not their long-term solution, that quarterback. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? They don't have a long-term solution in Indianapolis. They they messed up with Matt Ryan. It didn't work for them there. So Detroit's still looking for a quarterback. There's a lot of towns right now that, that Denver might be trying to figure out what to do with Russ again. But they stuck with him with that money. But, they, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, there's going to be – Atlanta could be looking for another quarterback. You don't know. They might not be in love sure. with Marcus Mariota. And Jameis is a Southern boy. So you might see Jameis. Carolina, you don't know. I mean, there's so many places that are viable options for him.
1: Are we looking for a quarterback? Saints have to be
0: because you're That's not bringing so Andy Dalton back. And Jason exactly. is not going to be your starter, not for the long term. Mm-hmm. And you don't have a first-round draft pick. So at the very least, you have to sign a veteran. So why wouldn't you at least want to know what Jameis is if you do have to come back to him and say, you got, because you cannot keep burning a bridge with this man. He's done everything on his end Mm -hmm. to be, you know, to be the good soldier. He took less money, stayed, did all those things, never complained, was a good soldier as you're supposed to be. Well, I think there should be some reciprocation of that. If the season's over and the competitive part is done, I think that's where front office, that's one of the times where front office should step in with the coaching staff and say, we have to make an evaluation too. Mm-hmm. Look, we, we Your job is not going to be impacted by this. Cause I think the decision shouldn't be impacted by it. Cause like you, if, if the evaluation is we're going to keep Dennis for another year, that decision is made regardless of who the quarterback is. Yeah. So to me, that's one of the places where front office should say, I want to find out what the value of this guy really is. And we have not gotten the opportunity to get the value for that. We've put into him back. And I, I think I'd want to find out you put it all up for rehab. You did surgeries, You did all these things with him. You've had him into practice and you look at his overall record and it's not bad. So with, with the saints. So then why wouldn't I want to see if he's healthy and his team is has shown that Olave's is better. If the line is better, pinning is back by that time. Why wouldn't you give him a shot?
1: Yeah, because one thing that I wouldn't want to see happen is if he's our franchise quarterback moving forward, you don't want to make that guy unhappy. And I'm not saying you got to kiss his butt and do everything, but the situation he's in right now can potentially make him unhappy in New Orleans and want to leave. You know, but we don't have anybody else in the covering, you know, in the covering to kind of step in if he does get upset and, and now he wants to get traded. So I feel like right now we, I'm not saying we got to make him happy, but we need to see if he is the guy that we thought he was kind of, just like you said.
0: Cause what's out there. That's my thing is people always want to replace. Okay. But what's out there that's better than James Winston right now for you as a Saints fan, who's better? Just just bringing back Andy Dalton as a starter next year make you feel more confident? I don't think it does because he's not been able to keep a job two years since he left Cincinnati.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So if he was that much in demand in, in these places, he'd be, he'd be in Chicago still or he'd be in Dallas still. But he's mm-hmm. not, and and so the the part of his career where he's supposed to be starting games is over. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's he's in the role he's supposed to be in at this stage. So, to me, Jameis still has starter potential. It's can you harness it? And if you can't, at the very least, he presents a higher ceiling as a backup than anybody else that you have on the roster. And, I mean, you know, I I don't want them to move Taysom at all because, like you said, as a football player, Taysom's value is too high. Like, people talk about his contract. If you use him properly, it's not a bad deal.
1: No, it's not a bad deal. That's an awesome contract for him to have. If you let him play – Exactly. Because he, he does so much. He's so versatile. We talk about it so we talk about it all the time. And he's my guy. I'm gonna take. I keep telling, I'm a Taysom Hill guy. But his contract is what it should be. I think he deserves what he's getting paid uh, because he can do everything you need him to do. Uh, so like I said, but I don't want to see Taysom Hill starting at quarterback. I feel like he's so versatile. I think quarterback position is a is a position that he can potentially play or get some snaps at, but I don't want to see him the permanent starter at quarterback, because then that's going to limit what he really can do.
0: And it's so hard. I think the thing that people always forgot about Taysom is the NFL, any quarterback, especially quarterback, reps are so important. And to be, try to become a starter in the NFL at age 31, when you've never started before, and you didn't get, and it wasn't like he was in another league, like where guys like, you know, um, um, what am I about about uh, Kurt Warner, you know, or a guy mm-hmm. like that, where you were in another league and you were p- still getting reps as a starting quarterback, throwing passes in game situations. Taysom never got that, so his in game growth is, is it's it's the the leap is so hard to make when you haven't had those reps. Yeah, so he has to be kind of a situational thing, and I think that's always going to be the difference between me and him, and say a Cordell Stewart is because Cordell was always a quarterback. Like he was always intending to be a quarterback in the NFL. They just had to use him in other roles. Taysom mm-hmm. found his way in the NFL by not playing quarterback and then trying to get back to it. So I just but yeah, it any week where he's getting less than ten touches is a crime.
1: Yeah. That's- and and I think it's showing it's showing the fact when you get this guy touches, when you get Alvin touches, we win games. We win games. But like I said, what we did this weekend, it's not like we was reinventing the wheel. This is something we can do week in, week out. But I think the most pivotal things that we didn't do, we didn't turn the ball over. And we didn't have a ton of penalties. Third down, we can get better on third down. I think the more we get better on third down, the more plays, the more drives we can extend. Our play count will go up. You know, we'll have more than 50-some plays. We'll get back to the average or above average when it comes to play counts. And then that'll also keep our defense off the field more if we can convert more on third down. So, but the way we play, man, we can play, we can play like this every single game. Of course we got to get better, but if we don't turn it over and we don't kill ourselves with penalties, I feel like we are a hard team to beat.
0: Yeah. And it's going to, it's going to be about consistency these next few weeks. Can you give that same effort the same level of production and the same level of execution. Because, like you said, it's the NFL for everybody right now, the margin of error, even for the very good teams. And we saw some upsets yesterday across the league. You see, I mean, and you see teams that were bad, getting hot, you know, my hometown Detroit lions that won three in a row all of a sudden, and, you know, they win in double-digit games and stuff. That, that don't happen normally. Um, and we've had – it's just been a strange NFL season. So you don't really know at any moment when you can go on a win streak. And the Saints could – they they need it now. Like said, the next three games, this is the season. This is the season here. You, you've got to beat San Francisco. You've got to beat Tampa Bay. you got to beat Atlanta. And so if you can put together a four-game win streak right here – and, and extend this, you're you're right back there. You you are there with going into the final three weeks of the season with a chance to win the, the division championship.
1: Definitely. And and one thing we have to do is just like it, take it one game at a time. This next game, take it one game at a time. I wouldn't even look, you can't even look that far down the road right now. Nope. You gotta take it. Yeah. <laughs> Not when you ain't won back to back all year. Exactly. Exactly. So we gotta take it one game at a time. But I think if we take it one game at a time and we don't beat ourselves with penalties and turnovers. I really want to see what we can do.
0: And just again, again, Chris Olave, man, the saints and and their ability, like the one thing they have been able to do, they find, and it's been consistent, you know, since Joe Horn came to new Orleans in that, in, in that trade, the saints have been able to consistently develop guys as who are young, who could become number one receivers. The twos and the threes haven't always been consistent before, but that Mm -hmm. number one and Chris Olave now, you know, he came in a season and he was fourth or fifth on the depth chart. Remember we've talked about the start of the season. Where was he? When was he going to get on the top three in the depth chart? You Mm -hmm. can't get him out there now. And, and with Michael Thomas being uncertain. And I mean, and that's what you have to basically say at this stage of his career is that it's uncertain Mm -hmm. Chris Olave could be next year the Saints' number one receiver.
1: Oh, I think hands down he'll be the number one receiver. After showing what he's doing this year as a rookie, he's only going to get better with experience. He's Mm -hmm. already playing like an experienced receiver, and he's just a rookie. Each year he's going to get more experience. Each year he's going to learn the playbook more. Each year he's going to learn what defense is trying to do to him more. You know, so I think even if Thomas comes back, I think you move Olave into that number one, uh number one role and you move Thomas to the number two role, regardless if he comes back or not. I think Olave has out he's outplayed um Thomas and not saying he's outplayed Thomas because Thomas has been on the field, but you can't help the club if you're in the tub. If you're hurt, if you're hurt, you can't help the team. You know, so but if you got another guy that's stepping up. And he's outplaying you because you're not playing. Guess what? You still gotta respect the fact Olave is putting up numbers, and Olave is the most consistent player we have on this team, it, uh,
0: on the offensive side. There's no question. Um, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, uh, but it was good. It was good to see the defense actually do some things yesterday. And they no special teams mistakes. Played Gilligan, punted the ball well. Yeah. No shanks. Will yeah. Lutz made all his kicks. It's so like I said, none of the little things that had come to bite them in the behind all season long came and got them yesterday. And that's a sign of that you were doing the right thing. Luck favors the prepared. And mm-hmm. so it looks like they had a good week of practice and knew the assignment.
1: And you got to take that off to the coaches because guess what? When things are going bad and we feel like it's the coaches that it, it's their fault, we call them out. But at the same time, when we feel like we went into with a great game plan uh, great offensive calls, good defensive calls, uh, special teams-wise is on board, all those things, and we're correcting the things that we've been messing up on a lot, that goes off to the coaches as well. You know, so the coaches got to get those props also. So when they're doing bad, we're going to say something. But when they when they do something great, like they did this week, a great game plan, you know, great job, coaches. But please, please,
0: <laughs> Pete, Dennis, please, keep getting them touches to taste him and Alvin. Keep yes. keep getting out. I there was a close up. Alvin Kamara got one play out of the backfield. I don't know if you saw that he caught a reception, you know, got the first down. And when he turns around, it's that big Alvin Kamara, you know, golden diamond smile. And mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, it's simple, man. Guys want touches. Let me do what I do. If yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? Like, ain't nothing simpler yeah. than going. This is what we, what you saw on the playground when you were nine years old. The fastest dude, man, get him the ball. <laughs> get him the ball. Right. Whatever we gotta do, we know we got the fastest dude in the block. Get him the ball. And like, yeah, Alvin Kamara felt that yesterday a couple times. His smile, you know, he doesn't fake smile. That ain't a dude that comes. If he's pissed, you know he's pissed. But he, right. could, when he was getting them touches, he was like, finally. Yes, mm-hmm. this is what I want. Throw me the ball yeah. in space. Don't have these dudes right next to me when I get it every time. Let me mm-hmm. do something with it. So, yeah, please just stick with that.
1: Please stick with that.
0: Yep. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll be back later this week, and we'll get you ready for the 49ers because we're we'll going see how they do on Monday Night Football, what kind of injuries we'll have to report later in this week, who's healthy, who's not. Um, but um, this is this is it. This is really – these this game – the, the, they always say that the next game is the most important game, but there are none now. Going into week 12,
1: now week
0: 12, there ain't much time left. They still got a bye to come. Ain't even got to- a
1: <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> uh, buy yet. That's crazy. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> but yeah, this is this is critical, and 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 we'll be here with it for y'all. Uh, TC, you got any final words before we get out of here, man? Man, go Saints, man. Just keep stringing
1: them together. That's it.
0: Let's see if we can get two in a row. Until the next time, this has been Believe in Saints. He's Terrence Copper. I'm David Grubb, and this has been brought to you by betteronline.ag. We'll talk to you soon. And who that?